Oh, good morning. How are you all doing this morning? You guys are talkative. I like this. Some mornings we're like slow and we're quiet and we're like, I just want to drink my coffee and maybe after church I'll talk. But I just think of last week how different it looked because we had these rows of tables set up. You couldn't sit in your favorite spot. You were, I made you talk to people across the table, which some of you guys loved and others of you were like, this is really stressful. This isn't my thing, which is fair. Each of us have our own way of building friendships. But it was a fun week. I really enjoyed it. And this week's a little bit different. Um, this week, we're digging into a message called The Garden. And it's an image of what God has been doing, what God is doing, what God's leading us into, and looking to join God in the work that he's doing here in this church, being sensitive to the season that we're in and the roles that he's prepared us for that he's called us to. So our, wow, our scripture passage this morning is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13 plus 16, because I didn't want to make you read the entire section, but it's all good. So let's read that together real quick. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, that Christ gave to Cedar Valley right here. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people. Your pastors are responsible to equip God's people, to equip you, to equip all of us here. To do God's work and build up the church, the body of Christ. When this happens, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith together. And knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. And skipping along to verse 16, it closes this image up. He, God, makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other part to grow. So the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I'd like to just open the message with some prayer this morning before we dig into it. Lord, I just pray this morning that you would open our eyes, that you would make us more aware of your presence, more aware of your hand in our daily lives, your hand as we come to church, your hand as we go out into the community. They would see where you are working, what you are doing. They would see the clear invitation you are giving us to join you in that work. That you would make us so aware that you would equip us and that we would get to just join you in that, God. I pray that that's what would come out of this message and that you would refine it as I speak, that the words that I speak that might not be your words, that you would take those away, but that you would speak to us this morning. In your name, amen. So before we get into the... Uh, the whole what's going on with me saying something about a garden. I've got to tell you a story, an embarrassing story from my life. And keep in mind um, the idea of what season, what stage, what step something is on, and what's your role in it, because that does tie into my embarrassing story. But when I was back in university, uh, I had a friend. And she was one of those friends that, like, if we saw each other, walk across campus, we'd say hi, or ran to each other in the dining hall, we'd talk a little bit. Or if we ended up in class together, we'd probably talk a bunch. But we also weren't like the level of friendship where 
we like make plans to do stuff as friends. So this is the type of friend that she is. Anyways, um, I've been talking to her a few weeks prior, and she, I've been asking her, it was like the springtime, so I was like, hey, are you coming back next year? And she's like, I'm not sure. I kind of want to finish my program and come back. I really like it. But also my boyfriend back in Vancouver, because I was at school in Alberta, she was like, I've got a boyfriend back in Vancouver, and I kind of want to move back to where he is and finish up my school there. So we had that conversation a few weeks prior. So anyways, I'm walking through like the cafe area of our school, like the coffee shop area, and I see her talking to one of her friends that I don't know at all. And I come over to just like say hi, and I start talking, and something about my personality, like part of what I think is fun and funny is to be a bit annoying, but try to do it in a funny way. So anyways, I start talking to her, and I'm like, oh man, yeah, you should come back next year. You should probably just break up with your boyfriend. Like, like I'm sure he's fine, but there's lots of great guys here. And like, who wants to live in Vancouver when he could live in Alberta, which we know is a lie. Um, Anyway, so I have this conversation with her. And as I'm talking, like she didn't seem like she was in the best mood when I started talking to her. But it seems like her mood's getting worse. It just doesn't seem like her face is like showing, like, it's like, okay, this is not working. And her friend that I don't know that she was having coffee with is like giving me like the death glare. And I'm a little stressed out. So I'm like, maybe, maybe I should hit the brakes. I think I'm digging a hole here. Um, so I stop, and her friend looks at me and is like, Michael, her boyfriend just broke up with her this morning. That's what we're here having coffee talking about. <laughs> I was like, I didn't go in there with a shovel. I went in there with like an excavator digging myself a hole. I didn't know how to get out of there. Yeah. But in the theme of looking at What's your role? What season are you in? I didn't realize the season that her relationship was in. I thought they were in the very happily dating, excited to be in Vancouver in the same city, actually see each other regularly stage. And I also thought that my role as a friend, that it was a decent idea to actually be making jokes about something that, like, at our friendship level, I've learned since, it's not a good idea to make that kind of joke unless you're pretty tight friends and like you're one of the first people she'll tell if they do break up. Because otherwise, you end up in that situation. So it's terribly embarrassing. I still cringe to this day. I occasionally wake up in the middle of the night and think about like, is there any way I could have gotten myself out of that hole other than just saying I'm sorry and feeling bad? But often in our life, we have to ask the question of what, if, when we step into a situation, we have to look at the situation and go, what stage are we in? What step are we on? What season are we in? And also, what's my role in that? Because sometimes, like, if you ever cook with somebody else, my wife is a good cook in our family. I'm the cook to survive cook. I make food so I don't starve to death. She makes food so that we enjoy our lives. But sometimes she'll be doing this big cooking project and stuff will go wrong. She's like, hey, Michael, can you come help me? And so I jump in in the middle of this project. When we jump in the middle of a cooking project, if you don't know what step you're on in the recipe and who's responsible for what, then you end up getting to the end of the meal and you realize that 
I thought she'd already salted the food and she thought that I was going to salt the food as bland or worse, she salted the food already and then I thought that it was my job to salt the food so I salted the food and we get to the end and we got a very salty soup, right? And if you're one of those people that doesn't go in the kitchen, if you're one of those people that's like, I can build you a kitchen but don't ask me to go in the kitchen, if you ever see a construction project, there's normally the person in charge that actually knows what's going on, and then they bring in contractors to do different parts. They bring in specialists. But every once in a while, you make a mistake, and you bring in the sheet, the people that put up the sheetrock, the stuff that covers the frames. So you have walls, and you bring them in, and, you, and they think that the wiring's installed properly, the plumbing's all done, and they put sheetrock on. And they don't realize we're still in the plumbing season. We're still on the plumbing step. We're still in the electrical wiring stage of this project. And you have to do that before you put the sheetrock on. Otherwise, you put the sheetrock up, you're ripping that off. Or even worse, in gardening. This is the part that confuses me, because if you look at a garden in the spring, it'll be like tilled up, and there'll be these nice rows from the rototiller, I remember my dad doing that when I was growing up. I'd look at our garden. I'd be like, okay, it's time to plant. And he'd be like, no, actually, we need to till more. But sometimes you've already planted, and they've come through with the rototiller. You don't know what stage you're on, and then you just till up all these nice, freshly planted seeds. And we run into this all over the place in our lives, where we're constantly jumping into a project. Or maybe we've been in a project for a long time, and you get so focused and so deep in it that you kind of lose sight of what's going on around you. You get a little bit of tunnel vision. And we constantly have to ask, what stage or step or season are we in? And in this stage, step, or season, what's my role in that? And so as I've been getting to know Cedar Valley Church the last few months, I've been getting to know many of you. I've been hearing stories. I've been trying to understand this church, and potentially how I would fit into it. I've been asking this question of what season are we in? What season are we in in the work that God's been doing here? And what are our roles in that? Because I could go, hey, I think we're in the season where we need to, I'm trying to think of something crazy that won't offend anybody, but like we need to turn the whole parking lot into a skate park. And maybe there is a season that's the right season for this church, but I'm guessing a lot of you guys would be like, oh no, that's not it. <laughs> right? You'd be like, uh, actually, we need parking spots. We have more than two cars to park here, right? And so I've been trying to discern that and listen to what God's doing. And this morning, I wanted us to walk through a bit of the story of how God worked in different seasons in the nation of Israel, and then look, zoom in and look at Cedar Valley Church, and maybe what seasons we've been through, what season God's bringing us into and what our roles and the work that God's doing can look like. What it looks like not just to be here, but to actually be part of what God's doing and embrace the work that the master gardener is doing in his garden here. I like the image of gardening. Every once in a while in the Bible, you'll hear, oh, it's harvest season or it's planting season. And it's just a nice framework. It's not like, a, oh, God gave us this framework. But it's a nice framework. And if we look at that framework of a garden for the people of Israel, 
they were the first community of people, not just an individual, but a community of people that God said, I want you to be my people. I want to work through you as a community, as a group. And that started with the planting season of Abraham. Because God comes to Abraham and says, I'm going to want to turn your family, your children, your grandchildren, your descendants into a mighty nation. And he planted a seed in Abraham's mind. And then he says alongside that, I want to not only turn them into a nation that I'm going to bless, but I want to bless the whole world through them. I want to use your descendants. I want to use that community to show people who I am and my character and how I relate to humanity. And so with Abraham, God planted the seed. It was springtime. And springtime is exciting because you're planting seeds, but it's also a hard traumatic time because it often means a lot of change. It means tilling up the ground. For Abraham, it meant moving from where he'd always lived to a new place they'd never been before and bringing his family with him. And then we move into the next season. A couple generations later, we meet Joseph, Abraham's grandson. And Joseph, when we meet Joseph, he's a pretty immature guy. He's, a, like, he's his son, dad's favorite, but he doesn't, he's immature. Let's just leave it there. He's immature, but we see some potential in him. It's kind of like a summertime as we see Joseph grow and mature. It's not harvest season yet. It's maturing season as he is sold into slavery. And then he go, become, goes from being a slave to being a prisoner. And God keeps working through him. And we see God growing him and maturing him. But we don't see the fruit of that process. He's just like, my life keeps getting worse. It's hard. And maybe I'm maturing. I'm getting closer to God. But I'm not seeing the fruit of that until the end of Joseph's story there's a famine, and God uses Joseph not only to bless his family, to bless the nation of Israel, but to actually bless the nation of Egypt. And we see God use this people that he's chosen and say, I want to bless you to be a blessing. I want to bless you so you're a blessing to all nations. And we see God do that, that he uses Joseph, who's matured through the summer season, the harvest season comes, and he blesses his people, but he also blesses the nation of Egypt. And it's this amazing harvest season, and his family moves to Egypt, and they have a nice life, and Pharaoh loves them, and it's all comfortable, and they're like, whoa, we've been so blessed, we're in this harvest season. But they don't realize it's a season. Because over the next 400 years, they move from being at the top of Egyptian society, so blessed, to being enslaved and oppressed. They go through that winter season, I don't know about you, if you go from being up in the royalty of a nation down to being a slave, and you've heard that prophecy that God gave to Abraham of, I'm going to bless you to bless all nations, you're probably going, okay, I guess God did what he came here to do with us. I guess God did his work, and now he's done with us, and now this is our future. They didn't realize they were winter season. They didn't realize that God was getting ready for spring and that Moses was going to come and God was going to plant this seed in Moses' heart, this calling to lead them out of slavery into the promised land. God was going to do something new again. And in church, we run into the same thing. There are harvest seasons, but sometimes we always think we're going to be in harvest season. We always think... If we're following God, if we're participating in what he's doing, we should just be overwhelmingly blessed. And if the blessing ever slows down, then God must be done with us. It's time to give up. 
as I've gotten to know this church, is I've heard stories. I've heard times about some amazing harvest seasons. I've heard about when we had an Awana program that was not just a blessing to the families in this church, but it was a blessing to all the churches in our community. It was something that wasn't just for us, but it was pouring out into our community, and that was a harvest season. I've heard about when our youth ministry was in a harvest season where we had more teenagers than we knew what to do with. I've heard about harvest season when we had marriage nights where we poured into marriages and we built them up in this church. And we're still reaping the benefits of that harvest. That's still a blessing to our marriages here, but we might not be in that season anymore. As I've started to listen and hear the stories of what's happened in this church, it sounds like as we went into COVID, as Pastor Dan retired, we felt a winter season. At least many people in their hearts felt a winter season. There were questions of, is God done working now? He did so much. We remember the glory days. We remember the harvest season. But is God done? I think of the people of Israel where they're in Egypt and they went, God blessed us to be a blessing. But now is he done? Are we just going to be stuck in slavery? And this church, there's these questions that went through our minds of, is God done? Is that, was that the pinnacle of what we we're going to be? But that winter season didn't last long here. Springtime hit very quickly. As we went into this transition season, I think it was a springtime. There was a turning over of the soil. There was a planting of new seeds. As I talk to people, I hear so many seeds of hope. I hear so many people talk about I see this opportunity that God's given us to serve our community. I've seen this opportunity that God's given us to do something new in this church. I see that God's brought out a gifting in me that I didn't realize I had. That maybe God's given us a new gifting. God's brought somebody into our community with a new gifting. God's planting something new. But at the same time as you have to plant in spring, you have to till up the ground. And it's hard and it's painful because it involves change. And there's a pain to change. It's okay to grieve change because to do something new, you have to let go of what was. And what was isn't bad. What was was good and it's season. And to move to the next season is painful. And so for our church right now, I think to really walk through this spring season, we have to say, hey, there are things that we're leaving behind. There are hurts in our hearts. There are hurts in our community that we need to just recognize and grieve. But if I'm a discerning God's working here at Cedar Valley, we're not staying in springtime either. <laughs> God's kind of fast-tracking us through winter and springtime and calling us into summer. And summertime, it's not harvest season yet. Summertime, you don't get all the fruit that you are looking forward to. Summertime is growth season. And I hate gardening. My dad's visiting here this morning. He loves gardening. I hate it. Um, but since my dad loved it, I've learned a few things about gardening. And I got recruited to help in the garden every summer. And in summer season is when you have to work hard as a gardener for no reward. It's not exciting planting seeds, being like, oh, God's going to do something great. It's not great harvesting and being like, oh, we got so much fruit coming. It's weeding. It's pruning. It's trimming things back making sure the right things grow and the wrong things are held back. It's watering, it's fertilizing. It's a season of hard work, 
and maturing and growth. Just like Joseph had to go through a maturing season in his life, and there were exciting moments. We saw some of the first bits of fruit, the first fruit in the middle of the summer coming on as he did miracles, as he prophesied. It was exciting. He was also being matured through hard times. For our church, God's planted seeds for the next season. We have these hopes and these dreams, but there's a maturing season. There's a time to identify what the master gardener has planted in this church. What seeds did God plant in this season? What giftings has God given us for this season? Because some of us have been here a long time, and we're like, I'm an apple tree, and that's all I do is grow apples. And that might be true, but there's something crazy about apples. I don't understand the biology of it. But sometimes they graft a new branch onto a tree because they're like, this is a strong tree, but we want to bear a slightly different fruit from it. And God might be doing that in your life this season. You might have been here for generations and God's saying, hey, you're growing a new type of apples. And some of us have just gotten planted here and we don't know what type of plant we are yet. And as your fruit pops up, we're like, okay, we got carrots or we got grapes. I don't know. And we get these different giftings. So it's a season that we're going into of identifying the giftings that God's given us for this season, what he's called us to, and maturing in that. If I had to put years on it, and this is not prophetic. I've been in Pentecostal churches, but this is not prophetic. This is just common sense. If I had to put years on it, the next three, five years are probably going to be a summertime. They're probably going to be a maturing time. We'll see the hints of fruit. We'll see the first little starts of things. We'll go, oh, this is exciting. The things that grow really fast, we're going to start to see the fruit of that. But the full harvest is going to be another five, seven, ten years out when the harvest season comes. But you've got to be ready for the harvest season. Because if you look and go, wait, the master gardener planted a grapevine, and you've never grown grapes before, you have to build a trellis for the grapes to go up. You have to build some structures. You have to get ready for that growth and create space for it and plan for it. And then as it grows, you have to trim it and guide it and go, okay, you can't just grow a bunch of leaves. We actually need to grow grapes. And then you also have to prepare for the harvest because if you don't have a wine press or a juice press, I don't know where we're all at on that, whatever your preference is, you got to get that ready for the harvest season, right? And so it's hard work, but it's exciting work. And this isn't a very scriptural sermon so far. I've referenced a bunch of the Bible, but we haven't really looked at it. But I came across this passage as I've been just processing, looking for God's leading, looking for what he might be calling us to. I think it really applies to what it means for us as Cedar Valley Church to be a garden right now, what our summertime looks like. Ephesians chapter 11, it says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. If you look, and this is a really short list coming up. Normally if there's a list of gifts that God gave, it's a much longer list because this is a different, this is a different category. God gave many gifts to each one of us here to be the church, but these are the gifts to the church community. Christ gave to the church, to Cedar Valley, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Pastor Grant is a gift to you. Assuming that I end up here, I will be a gift to you. But what are we a gift to do? 
Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. When we're talking about roles, when we're talking about the garden, the pastoral team's work is to actually equip the church, to mature the church, to care for the church so that it can do the work of God. The pastoral team's role is to be like gardeners in the garden going and saying, hey, what needs to be trimmed? What need, where do we need to pull out some weeds? Where do we need, when do we need to water? How, because if you forget to water for a day in the middle of the summer, everything dies. So there's the watering, there's the weeding, there's the pruning, there's the building the trellis. And so there's a call on the pastors here in this next season to be equipping you, to be gardening and caring for you. But why is that? Why are they doing all this work? The pastors are here to equip God's people, to equip the community of Cedar Valley Church to do his work, to do God's work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, full-grown plants, when you plant corn, it starts about this tall. It's a really easy mistake for just being a blade of grass. I've ripped, I've weeded out a lot of those by accident, thinking they were blades of grass. But as corn matures, it grows and it grows. The next thing you know, it's so tall that you can't see over it. And so as we grow, we mature. We want to bring out everyone's gifting so much so that you can't see the pastors because of how much ministry everyone else is doing around them. You lose sight of the pastors because of how much ministry is coming out of the maturity through this entire church community. And that's why I love verse 16. He, God, makes the whole body fit together perfectly. God makes the whole garden of Cedar Valley Church fit together perfectly. He's a master gardener. He knows what needs to be planted. He knows what needs to be torn up. He knows what needs to be done here. But he's planted it and put to fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, as each person here discovers their gifting, what type of plant they are in this season, if God has grafted on a new branch to your life, as we discover that and do it, our own special work, it helps the other parts around us. It helps the person sitting to your right and to your left, in front of you and behind you. It helps everyone here grow so that the whole body is healthy, and growing, and full of love. And that's an exciting image. It's amazing to think of a, this church becoming a garden. And I don't, I'm not saying, I'm not making a prediction here of how many years, but five, seven, ten years of this looking like a bumper crop garden. We're like, there's so much fruit here. We don't know what to do with it. But something that keeps coming up, Every time I talk to people about the seeds that God's planted in this community, every time I listen and say, okay, what, what are your hopes for the future? What do you see God doing here? Whether you know how he's going to do it or not, what do you see him doing here? People keep saying things about community. People keep saying things about serving our community, being part of our community. And that There's something about Cedar Valley Church that we're meant to be a community church. And God's called us to that. We don't all know what that looks like in this next season, but we know that. So since we're talking about gardens, let's talk about community gardens. This is really dumb, but it's kind of funny. But anyways, 
you think of a community garden, I've kind of seen two types of community gardens. There's one where you walk up to it and there's a big, tall fence and there's a sign next to the gate saying, no trespassing, do not take anything from here. Everything we grew here, we worked really hard all year to grow, so let us eat the food that we grew. That's one type of community garden that exists. The other type of community garden that exists, you walk up to it and there's not a fence in sight, but there is a huge sign. And the huge sign says, we have more harvest, we have more produce than we know what to do with. We've got zucchini growing out our ears, as I've heard some people say. Take anything, take as much as you want. Just, if you need anything, just take it. And if you want to help out with the garden next year, we'd love to have you. And when we think about being a community church, when we think about the call that God has on us, he says that just as he started with the community of Israel, he's continuing now in his church, in our community, as a community garden for mission, he's saying, I want to bless you to be a blessing. I want to make you fruitful. I want to fill this church with so much hope from God, so much healing that only God can give. I want to fill this church with what I am doing so much so that you have it growing out our ears. We don't know what to do with it all. And we can just invite people and say, whether you've never been part of church before or not, whether you want to come in this building or we just have to go out to you, we are going to bless you with everything God has blessed us with. And so if we, if I'm discerning correctly, it's interesting discerning things as a pastor because there's different ways that churches handle things. Sometimes they look to the pastor to be the person who listens to God and they're like, God's up here and then my pastor's here and then my pastor passes that down to me. But that's not how we believe that works here in a Mennonite church. We believe that God speaks to all of us, that we discern together. And the pastor is part of that discernment process. I get to stand up here and share what we're discerning together. But if I'm discerning, as I've heard from you, as I'm listening, as we're seeking together, as we continue to discern, as God guides us, because he's always refining what he's, and calling us a little bit closer. But if we're discerning the season that we're in as a church and the roles that God is calling us to, then rather than trying to grow our garden our way, we say there's a master gardener who has a master plan that we want to step into and we want to be a part of that. And this next season, God has a role for us to play. He's doing a work that we can be excited about, that we can see his hand in, He has a role for us to play. And it might be a role that we've played every year for 80 years as that apple tree. Or it might be a brand new role we've never done before because we're a carrot now. I don't know. But God has that invitation for us. I'm going to invite the worship team on up. I'm going to close this up in prayer before we go to a little bit of worship and some announcements. God, we offer this church up to you. We're here for you, Lord. We're not here for our friendships. We're not here to be encouraged. We're here, first of all, we're here, first of all, for you to hear your voice, to let you speak into our lives and our hearts and transform us, that our friendships would reflect who you are, 
that our work would reflect who you are, that our families would reflect who you are, that you would continue to grow and mature us and bring fruit out of our lives. Whether we've been following you our whole lives or whether we're still not even sure if we want to follow you yet, we pray that you'd be working, that you make it clear what you are doing and that we would just be able to experience the joy of being part of what you are doing through us. In your name, amen. Thanks so much, Michael. What an encouraging message. Um, there is so much in store ahead of us. And uh, I, I just find that over, overwhelming in some ways, in a really positive way. And uh, so thank you for encouraging us to just look at ourselves as people that have hope and a desire for the future to be part of God's plan. So we're just going to sing uh, the first song we sang this morning. Um, just come all you weary, come all you thirsty, come to the well that never runs dry. Jesus is an overflowing well of love and forgiveness, and he wants us to be part of that. So just stand and sing with us this song as we uh, just close out the service.